Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 180 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day in your word. Help us learn more of you and your ways today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Matthew is writing about in chapter 2. There are four divine dreams in this chapter, one to the wise men and three to Joseph. The wise men were instructed to not go back to Herod. Joseph received the remaining three dreams and was warned to flee to Egypt, then back to Israel, and then on to Nazareth. I imagine this wasn't the life Joseph thought he would live. He had to pick up and move to keep his wife and child, the holy child, safe. I wonder what he thought about all this moving around. He would have to start and restart his occupation wherever he was, which is a difficult thing for us to consider in our own lives. And I really wonder how he felt with the responsibility of caring for God's son. It must have been a tremendous burden. God gives us responsibilities that may seem overwhelming too, from caring for a special needs child to the most difficult health issues to a vocation that we may not have thought possible. Whatever our circumstances are, let us lean into the Lord for courage, strength, perseverance, and gratitude as we live each day God has planned for us. Matthew cites three prophecies that are fulfilled in this short chapter, four if you count the answer the chief priests gave to Herod that Christ was to be born in Bethlehem. Yes, God has had all things planned out since the beginning of time. He has all our days numbered and planned out as well. When I read about fulfilled prophecies, I get a glimpse into God's awesomeness and magnitude. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who rules for all the eternities. Let us praise him today for his greatness and glory. Let's see what's happening in the early church in Acts chapter 9. We read about Saul's trip to Damascus. His intentions were to find and arrest any believers in Christ. He even secured letters authorizing him to do so. However, when God has a plan, his plan prevails. On his way to do these horrible things, Jesus met him with a light that flashed from heaven. He heard Jesus say, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is dangerous, and it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goad to offer vain and perilous resistance. Well, imagine that. After all the horrible things he'd already done and intended to do, Jesus came to him in a flash of light to warn him. Yes, the Lord had a plan for this zealot. Saul needed a course correction. Notice that Jesus didn't give him a plan or tell him what his life was going to be like or even what to do except to go into the city and wait. Meanwhile, God was preparing Ananias to minister to this supposed madman persecuting Christians. Ananias gave the Lord resistance. I'm sure we would have done the same. When the Lord gives me something difficult to do, I often resist. How about you? Ananias was told, Go, for this man is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the descendants of Israel. Yes, Saul had a great mission to carry out. He was going the wrong way, but had the zeal to do great things, which he eventually did. This change of heart also took the obedience of another person, Ananias. Let us pray for more obedience to the Lord, my friend. Many miracles were being done by the disciples. We read about Peter curing a man who was paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. In verse 34, Peter said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, now makes you whole. Get up and make your bed. And immediately Aeneas stood up. This was quite a miracle. If we look a little closer, we can see Peter said, Jesus makes you whole. 
Let us receive this prayer and blessing today, for Jesus does desire to make us whole. Then Peter brought a woman named Tabitha back to life. Take note that he cleared the room before he healed her. This is similar to what Jesus did when he brought a little girl back from death, too. He had his best three men with him, those who would believe in his ability to do this miracle. There's a lesson for us here. When we are called to do something bigger than ourselves, let us only include those who believe with us into our inner circle. Anything less may affect the outcome. On a side note, there is a lot of interesting information, commentaries, and even Bible studies about Tabitha if you want to dive a bit deeper into her story. Let's see what's happening in Chronicles chapter 27. As we have seen, all the able-bodied Israelite men served in the military at a certain age. We read about the men who served in this chapter. They served one month out of the year. This strategy worked well because the men were home and could live normal lives 11 months out of the year, and yet they were current in military procedures because they served one month of every year. One of the leaders is mentioned in verse 5, Benaiah. He was definitely a mighty man of King David's. First Chronicles 11.22 tells us he killed a giant, a lion, and two sons of Ariel of Moab. These sons of Ariel had the strength of lions. Benaiah protected David when his son Absalom tried to overthrow him. He and his army ushered Solomon into his new position as king and killed those who were against him. Because of this, he becomes Solomon's general of the army. Previously, Joab held this rank. Benaiah was a mighty man indeed. Verses 16 through 22 tell us who the tribal leaders were in David's regime, and the remainder of the verses tell us about the officials in the government. Chapter 28 is an amazing chapter as we read about how David readied all the people, including his son Solomon, to build the house of the Lord. We read David was shown how to build every inch of God's house by the Holy Spirit. He had gathered all the people and the materials for the job. All Solomon had to do was implement the plan, God's plan, divinely given to David. We see David's true heart here. He went to great lengths to ensure the temple was built. He desperately wanted a place for the God of his heart to reside. In verse 6, he says, And he said to me, Solomon, your son shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. We see the Lord chose Solomon to be his child. He chose David to be his child and raised him as a prince to be the future king of Judah and Israel. He chose you and me too, my friend. We are chosen to know him, love him, and worship him. And if that's true, then let us take heed to what David told Solomon in verse 9. Know the God of your father, have personal knowledge of him, be acquainted with and understand him, and serve him with a blameless heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and minds and understands all the wanderings of the thoughts. If you seek him, inquire for and of him, and requiring him as your first and vital necessity, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Well, God sent his son to ensure we will always be with him. Let us pray God keeps us seeking him all the days of our lives as David encourages Solomon. Verse 20 is the most powerful verse where David tells Solomon, Be strong and courageous and do it. Fear not, be not dismayed, for the Lord your God, my God, is with you. He will not fail or forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Let us take this advice and be strong and courageous ourselves. Our God is a big God with big plans for our lives. Let us not shrink from them, but ask God to give us the courage and strength to do his work. Chapter 29 is another absolutely beautiful chapter. David is ready to hand over the reins to Solomon. Again, we see he has faithfully made all things ready for Solomon to build God's house. 
In addition, David asks the people of Israel if they have gold, silver, bronze, and other things they would like to donate to the building of God's house. They willingly gave it. There is great rejoicing, and David says a prayer. Take time reading this magnificent prayer. If you ever don't have the words for a prayer, use this one. There are difficult seasons in our lives when words for prayer don't come easily. Tag this chapter to read and reread as often as you are able. There was a great celebration, and Solomon is crowned king a second time. The last thing we read about is David's passing at the age of 71. Forty of his years were in service to the people as their leader and then eventually their king. Let us be thankful God raised valiant men to do his work, and he is raising valiant men yet today. Let's see what Proverbs chapter 30 has to share with us today. This proverb is written by Agur. There is no other mention of him in the Bible, so we don't know any more about him than his words here in this proverb. He starts out in a very humble manner, revealing he knows nothing compared to Almighty God. There are some very wise words in verse 8, asking for two things. Keep him from lying and keep him from poverty so that he wouldn't be reduced to stealing and offend the Lord. Very wise words indeed. When we have too little, we are tempted to sin, and when we have too much, we tend to lean on ourselves and not the Lord. Too much leads to pride. He goes on to write about things too wonderful for him to understand, things that the earth cannot bear, things that are stately. Most of his ponderings make us ponder as well. What is your biggest pondering about here? It's interesting to think about the wonders God has made. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us about those who have such big hearts for you. May you expand our belief and our trust in you. Help us see more of you and your magnificence. Don't let us miss you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word. 